Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On the app, on your smart speaker, talk radio and talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. What a glorious day to be alive. The sun's shining, not very hard. It's not that hot, even though John Simpson and the BBC tell us that the world is on fire and we're all burning up out of all proportion to everything else. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk, of course, uh, about what's going on at Nat West and Coots. Yet another head uh, has been scalped by Nigel Farage. We're also going to talk as well, uh, of course, about the migrant barge because we're hoping to put a few people on it today. Uh, I say sail it back to France and let them off and tell them they're in Dover. They won't know the difference, won't make any difference at all. Uh, also, of course, we've got the Veterans Voice, which is the big, big, big show that we do on a Friday uh, where we help the people who have served their country, uh, who have given uh, possibly their lives for this country and their families need help. Uh, and we are going to helpfully uh, get it for them. I'm also going to kick things off first thing this morning uh, with the ULES verdict, because Sadiq Khan is in court today finding out whether his expansion of the ULES zone is actually going to be lawful and whether people are going to have to pay through the nose to drive in their own neighbourhoods, £12.50 a time. Absolutely shocking. First up, though, Alan Brazil is here, the legend of TalkSport, the man who brought TalkSport to the world and basically created it out of nothing. And here he is now, after very unusual to see you after 10 o'clock, Al, still working. I didn't know it was in your contract to do that. Uh, This is not work. No, that's what I keep telling people. It's a pleasure. This is what I keep telling people. People said to me, why don't you take more holidays? I said, well, it's not really work, is it? I mean, we sit here and we talk for a living. It's the greatest job of all time, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you used, ish, to, do, you know, you you used be, to do proper work, kicking a football around and actually running around. You could be transferring to Saudi Arabia and, you know, well, getting, a, getting a few shekels. You, know, you few could bits, do, yeah. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the call on that. You know, <laughs> uh, young Henderson has seemingly sold out. Um, what, is he, what about 700 the, grand a yeah, week. 700 grand a week. But what he a, is, I'm told, giving a lot to charity. I'm sure he will be. Uh, you can afford to. What about uh, uh, Mbappe getting paid, what is it, something like 11 million a week or something? They want to yeah, give but him. he won't go there. No. No, I don't think so. Amazing. I think, I think uh, look, the PSG and Real Madrid will do a deal. Yes. He cannot sit in the bench. You know what I'm year. told he by can't. friends of mine in the Middle East? The funny thing about them offering Mbappe this money is there's a huge feud, as you know, between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And, you know, yes. and, and if the Qataris can be can be rumbled by the Saudis, that's why they're offering all this money. Yeah, and they'll probably get a World Cup coming up as well. So They have, Arabia. yeah. You know, that, that will happen, I'm sure it will. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, you're here for a particular reason because you and I will be linking up later on 
apparently, uh, yes. on the football uh, arena. Not necessarily playing. I don't know if you're playing, but they want me to turn up and do some kind of... It's a five-a-side football tournament, right? Between the breakfast, breakfast team... against the Toxborough All-Stars, and, and, if and, we have any. Well, we've got loads, haven't we? I mean, Ray Parler's involved, isn't <laughs> yeah, he? He's a mass aide. Yeah, and Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders, top man. Uh, who else we got? we got uh, the big fella, Adebayo, Akinfemwa, Trevor yeah. Sinclair, Calvin Cole. Darren Bent involved. Neil Ruddock will be there, Tony Cascanillo. Darren Bent's on the other side with likes of Phil Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. he wears more makeup than you. Uh, well, nobody does that. Uh, Dan and Ben, Dan and Ambrose, Jermaine Pennant, Jimmy Bullard. Yeah. It's going to be the Moose is going to yeah. play. This is all down at Millwall's training ground, right? Uh, we're not meant to say that. Are we not? No, nobody no, you've told just me given that. it away now. Oh, okay, oh, well, <laughs> well done. Are. Nobody gave me any. Uh, nobody gave me any tips on that. So, what's it all in aid of then? Is it just a bit of a sort of a bonding? I think, I think, to be honest, I think it's a bit of bonding, yeah. a bit of fun between all the different shows mm. and the different guys. Right. Uh, there's little uh, Ray Parler and I will have to go and talk tactics now. Probably yes. down the gun pub. Yes. Opposite the O2. For about four hours. Yes. And then we'll go over there for the game. <laughs> and then after the game, I believe we're back this way for an after game party. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, because there are some people in this uh, building who take quite a lot of time off in the summer. Uh, I'm glad to see you're not one of them. Uh, no, no, no. My holidays are over now. Are That's they? It. Yeah. yeah. I might take the odd weekend. Right. But, uh, no, and no, you're no. back three days a week now at TalkSport. I am. Wednesday, is, Thursday, Friday. Which is, which is yes. great news for everybody. And I'm down at Glorious Goodwood all next week as well. Excellent stuff. Any big sort of... Uh, did you, I don't know if you, if you did the golf at the weekend, last weekend. There's any any big sporting... Uh, Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup's coming yeah, up coming in up, September. Yeah, looking forward to that. Right. And then we're Football better season's back in and soon. Well, it? it all starts soon. The EFL starts and then we get the Premier. It comes yeah. around so quick. And it's fascinating what's going to happen with Harry Kane. Yeah. Is he, is he going to go to Bayern Munich? Is he going to We don't know. I'm told he won't, but no. the papers are saying he will. Yeah. Uh, what about what Joe Lewis? Is he going to jail? Oh, I've, going I'm, on try, I'm trying to stay away from that okay. one, to be honest, Mike. Right. Um, because, you know, I, I played for Tottenham. Yeah. Um, Joe's a Glaswegian boy. and I don't know. I, re- I really I don't know. But it was extraordinary what came out from it the really prosecutor. It really quite a story, isn't it? The, the, the allegations, I'm like, what? Mm. Is he allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah. Quite clearly, they do in America. Mm, they do, and Lionel Messi playing in America now. Yeah, he scored a couple the Great other night. Great goal, so, wasn't it? yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few funny things going on at the moment. You know, Zaha Palace has gone over to yeah. Galatasaray. Mm. So why is he not going to Saudi for fortunes? He got a lot more money there. Yeah, so the, there's one or two things I don't mm. understand, and of course, um, I, I, I just don't know when it's going to stop. When you've got that much money. Mm. And, you know, they, they, they can tempt almost anyone to go yeah. there. Look at the other big sporting events we have there. We have horse racing out there. Yeah. The big boxing fights are there. Yeah. What next? There'll be tennis. There'll be all sorts of Well, happening. they've done the golf, haven't they? I mean, they've, they've vagled their way into that. Yes. Because yeah. money talks at the end of the day. Of course it does. Of course you know, if somebody offered you two million quid a week to go and work in Saudi Arabia, you'd be off like a shot. Um, Would it be more than that? <laughs> I'm looking for Riyadh FM at the moment. There we are. are. You know, yeah. if they want a sports show, you know. Why not? Indeed, brilliant stuff. Uh, listen, there's there's um, lots happening. Are you going to be tempted out of the uh, retirement, taking the odd penalty today? Or no. no, 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 are you no. Sure? I'm, I'm purely on the touchline. Okay, barking Just, orders yeah. and giving stick out to the likes of the Moose and Cole. Yeah, the moose definitely needs a, a bit of stick. I haven't seen the moose for years. No, he's fine. He's fine. He's still um, the same. Yeah, he's got a new set of teeth because he did come on. He, he was talking like Tweety Pie <laughs> a couple of times, interviewed him. And, but today he was on this morning. Maybe, somebody, a lot will, maybe, maybe somebody will knock his teeth out today. <laughs> I played in a five-a-side tournament once at Highbury and there's a guy called Bob McKenzie who you might know, Scottish guy who used to be the, the Formula One uh, reporter for, for, uh, mm. for the Daily Express. And Alex Ferguson's son was playing for the Sky team. Yeah. And they got into a bit of a, a Jason. Ruck. Yeah. Um Jason. Oh, and, Jason's fighting. Yeah. Uh, well, Bob whacked him, knocked him out. 
on the on the pi- on the pitch, yeah, and everybody cheered, including the people on Sky, because they all hated him. Well, Jason was fiery. I, I promise yeah. you, he, he, his father's temper. Don't worry about that. Indeed, absolutely right. Listen, Al, I'll see you later. Thank yeah, you very much for popping in. Look, look forward Pleasure. to it. Can't tell you where it's happening, obviously, uh, because that's <laughs> again, a secret. Uh, again, I'm not, it. I'm not mentioning it. Alan Brazil and a whole host of all stars playing football this afternoon. Uh, it's going to be a great day. We'll report on it later. You might even see a couple of videos uh, after the training session uh, at the Gun uh, in East London. Uh, this is Talk TV. Uh, we'll be back with the High Court rulings after this. On your mobile, on your wavelength, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. We're going to talk to Ben Habib, former MEP, very, very shortly. But first, let's go uh, for the latest news on the ULES um, ruling to Holly Hudson, Talk TV's reporter outside the Royal Courts of Justice. Holly, very good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Mike. Yes, uh, we've just heard here at the High Court uh, that a judge has dismissed uh, the case by Tory-led councils, five Tory-led councils, a coalition who joined forces to try and block the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan's bid to expand the controversial ULES scheme, the ultra-low emission zone. And that is, if for those who don't know, the ultra-low emission zone scheme requires that drivers, cars, vehicles need to pay a £12.50 a day tax to drive into central London boroughs, currently £12.50 a day. And what Sadiq Khan wants to do is expand that into outer London boroughs, which he argues do not meet emissions requirements, 32 greater London boroughs in total and that will now, as it stands, go ahead as planned on August 29th. But as we know, that scheme, that expansion has proved hugely controversial and divisive, not just here legally but politically as well. In fact, the scale of the opposition, of course, became clear in the Uxbridge by-election. Sir Keir Starmer, in fact, said that the by-election had become a referendum on ULES because, of course, uh, Labour lost that seat to the Tories who kept it despite big swings to Labour in the other two seats uh, at, uh, which were up for by-election uh, because of the opposition to ULES. And you can see it here as well. There's a number of protesters outside the High Court here with placards with Sadiq Khan's face on, branded liar across it, uh, registration plates that say no to ULES, but they have lost their bid today and as it stands the ULES scheme will be expanded out into Greater London Boroughs on August 29th. Holly, thanks very much indeed. We'll check back in with Holly Hudson a little bit later on to get the uh, verdict on what it actually will mean uh, for Londoners. These are people uh, who not only live in London but work in London uh, and also live in the environs and the outskirts of London uh, who are now going to be forced to pay to drive their own cars down to the shops down to the uh, local hospital. Carers will have to be paying out £12.50 a day uh, in addition if their cars are not, uh, shall we say, commensurate with the new rules. Let's talk to Ben Habib, uh, former MEP, of course. Um, A shocking ruling there, Ben. It looks as though uh, the working man and woman of this country uh, is not supported by the judiciary uh, and we just have to continue to pay through the nose to do things which are part of everyday life. A very sad result from that court case. It came, it flashed up on my phone as I was waiting to speak to you, Mike, and I can't tell you how disappointed I was. I was so pleased in the first instance that these five boroughs had got together and challenged Sadiq, who, by the way, has lied through his teeth when he says that the outer boroughs, uh, clean air, or the, the, the quality of air in the outer boroughs needed to be cleaned up. You know, the TFL produces it's a dynamic map. Anyone can click on it right now as they're listening to me. There's a TFL map that 
shows the quality of air right across all these boroughs. And if it's blue, if the map's blue, the air is clean. And if it's very dark kind of orange, it's bad. And virtually none of London is dark orange. Mm. Even the central parts are pretty close to yellow. And as you get out and get, get outside the immediate um, centre of London, it goes blue very quickly. This is not uh, a move towards cleaning up the air of London. This is just another tax levied by a Labour mayor on the working and middle classes of London. It's because he's inept at running the finances of the mayoralty. He needs access to further money because he's run TfL and everything else into the ground. And he's being allowed to get away with it. Frankly, the government should step in. Of course, they won't do what I'm about to say, mm. but they should step in, abolish the mayor of London and take back control of London to central government. In fact, abolish all the mayoralties yeah. right across the country. And while they're at it, abolish the devolved authorities. Get rid of Holyrood, <laughs> get rid of the Welsh Assembly, get rid of Stormont. Yeah. Bring it all back to Westminster. I can well, see, I can see, I can see that you're on a roll, Ben. But I can't disagree with you because, quite frankly, ever since the brilliant uh, Tony Blair government decided that that devolution was the way forward because that would stop nationalism, um, and it's completely backfired. Uh, it's completely turned, it's turned London uh, into a sewer. Quite frankly, I've written a piece of Telegraph just last night uh, talking about how Sadiq Khan is destroying London. The SNP, he is the it. SNP are destroying Scotland. Uh, the Stormont Parliament can barely meet for five minutes before they all start chucking oranges at each other uh, and, and, and walk out of the room. Uh, the Welsh Assembly is a joke. They now renamed it the Senedd, uh, and it's full of complete planks. Uh, you're absolutely right. Andy Burnham, another failure in Manchester. You know, what is the point of all of this? And quite frankly, what is the, point? the ordinary people of London are sick to death of Sadiq Khan. And not only is his ULES plan simply a means of making money, it's got nothing to do with air pollution because he's actually saying to people, I don't care if you pollute the air, just as long as you pay me to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as he's being paid, he couldn't care less. And think of the cost, Mike, mm. of all these various devolved authorities, mayoralties, right. and all the infrastructure and the bureaucracy that goes with them, and all the extra taxes we have to pay to keep these monkeys in office. And because these monkeys don't have a proper job, all they do is promote woke nonsense, mm. promote this drive towards net zero, wrap themselves in virtue signaling blankets try and insulate themselves from criticism and sit there taking big salaries doing close to nothing other than damaging the yeah. uh, damaging the areas of which they're meant to be in charge and you know it's, the whole thing's a nightmare it, it, i can't tell you how depressed i was to see that High court ruling flash out. Yeah, no, it's, I know. It's a really well, big I was, in, I was, in, I was in Scotland working when they decided to, to build the Scottish Parliament. And the first thing they did, of course, was to order a load of windows at the charge of something like 400,000 quid. And they were all the wrong size. They then built another entire building down in Leith to house 3,500 civil servants who had to be hired in order to make the devolution uh, well, project work. It's amount of money going going south out of the taxpayer's pocket is ludicrous. And quite frankly, you know, we need to do something. I mean, yesterday uh, we learned that British Gas is literally ripping off its customers to the tune uh, of a billion pounds worth of profit in six months alone, including the amount of money the government is giving them uh, to supposedly subsidise other people's gas bills. We've got the asylum barge being opened up supposedly for the first time today, which is going to house 500 asylum seekers. 
who basically can come here overnight because that's how many people are coming. You know, we've got Coots, the bank, uh, basically uh, shopping their own customers uh, and, 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 and cancelling bank accounts because they don't like your policies. Yeah. I mean, what on Turning earth is going? Away, this country has gone to the on? dogs. I'm sorry. We have what, what, what all of this is, Mike, all of it can be traced back to woke. I, I know that sounds absurd, but no, it all of it is it, all of it is traceable back to the promotion of this drive to net zero, mm. the promotion of ethnic minority, uh, ethnic minorities, at the exclusion of the ethnic majority, yeah. a complete collapse in the belief of borders, this notion that immigration, unbridled immigration is the enlightened way forward. We should all love everyone across the globe and welcome them into our country, no matter how they get here. Um, it's just terrible. And it's all an attack on the United Kingdom. It is an attack on our values. It's an attack on our heritage. It's an attack on our self-confidence. It's an attack on the, on the very integrity of the United Kingdom, as we've now seen with Northern Ireland being left in the EU. And we have a political class that is just sitting back and allowing all this to happen. It is an absolute abomination. And you mentioned the barge. The barge is going to be a symbol of dystopia mm. in the United Kingdom. The Weatherfield, air, the Weatherfield airfield where they've got 1,700 migrants, tuberculosis has just broken out. Oh, Another great. scene of dystopia. Suella Braverman's bought tents now to house these illegal migrants. Right. Uh, that's going to be another dystopic creation in the United mm. Kingdom. We've got a government that has borrowed more money than it can afford. It, it, it's taxing us to the hilt, highest taxes since World War II. The public services are broken. We're, and, and we've got all these massive expenditures which are entirely unnecessary. This drive towards net zero manifesting itself in ULEZ, businesses having to pay much more to comply with these regulations, properties having to be upgraded for no damn good reason, and all of us being effectively, I mean, I want to use a four-letter word, but having, you know, a huge <laughs> amount of proverbial nonsense. I know, um, I know, it's very difficult. Heads. I tell you what, every, with each uh, sort of onward-looking day, I find it more and more difficult not to swear uh, on television. Because let's face it, the biggest problem that nobody will ever address in this country is the huge surge in population brought on by both uh, legal and illegal immigration. 1.2 million people coming here in 2022. You know, something like 40,000 people coming last year illegally on boats. We'll have another 50,000 this year. There's no houses for people. There's no doctors yeah. for people. There's no space on the roads. The trains don't work. You know, they have to stop these people coming instead they of encouraging to. And to them the lie, to continue. Let's just expose another lie while we're, while, while we're at it. They say that we need this immigration because we can't cost effectively... Still, uh, you know, but what happens when these people come in? There's the demand on housing, demand on the NHS, demand on schools, demand on other infrastructure. All of that is inflationary. Yeah. All of that adds to the cost of maintaining the United Kingdom. Yeah. What also, we've, we've got, we've got it, by the way, we've got enough uh, people driving around on scooters delivering food to people's houses. We don't need any more, thanks. And I mean, if that's the, the answer to the unemployment problem, I'm sorry, we're already full. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is ridiculous. It's lamentable, frankly. And this notion that Brits aren't prepared to get up off their backsides and work is daft. What we need to do is create a tax structure and a benefit structure that motivates people back into work. Mm. You know, we've, it's got to pay to work. We've got 5.9 million people on universal credit, 2.5 million people claiming mental health issues not working. 
Can you imagine two and a half million people? I mean, we hadn't heard of mental health in the 1980s, but now it is the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest impact on the on the labour market. And of course, the minute you claim that you've got a mental health issue, your employer can't challenge you. You somehow protected again in this blanket of virtue. And I, I just don't know where this country is going. It's like there's a willful aim to destroy the economy destroys, as I mentioned, our national identity, our self-belief, our values. Winston Churchill's a white supremacist, apparently. We were culpable of uh, making all our money through the uh, slave trade, even though it was us that abolished slavery um, and spent a huge amount of money, by the way, in the 19th century combating slavery worldwide. Yeah. You know, all of this. I, 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 there's so much that is going wrong at the moment that as you say it's difficult to get through a day without putting your own hair out it really is extraordinary how quickly things seem to have kind of dissipated into complete and utter collapse because that's what it feels like now it feels as though you can't get a train anywhere because you never know if they're actually going to be running the doctors are going on strike um you know you've got hopelessness all over the place you've got the bbc lying to its viewers and listeners you know the once great yeah. hallowed uh, media organization uh, is obsessed now with climate change you've got the banking system as you say uh, thanks to the wokists and the bloody stonewall uh, directory uh, judging you based on whether or not uh, you've got right-wing views or left-wing views or whatever sort of yeah. views you've got it's absolutely extraordinary and meanwhile the people who are running the companies of this country are getting richer and richer and richer and just charging us more and more money for everything. It, 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 it's terrible direction we're in. So it's no wonder that the economy is stagnant. It's no wonder that productivity is through the floor. It's no wonder that wages can't keep up with inflation. It's no wonder that we can't control inflation itself, that it's embedded in our system. Um, you know, I can't see any resolution to this unless the government absolutely gets a grip of its own self. Mm. It needs to understand that it's got to, first of all, put British national interests first, stop looking at the globe for its, its policies, start thinking about what the UK needs, number one. Number two, ditch this drive to net zero, extract gas from the North Sea, extract oil from the, from the North Sea, make it available cheaply to British customers and British businesses. Number three, ditch the entire um, woke agenda out of business. Businesses are not the guardians of moral correctitude. Businesses should not be obliged to be checking whether Nigel Farage is worthy of a bank account or not. Businesses should have one aim, which is to make profits for their shareholders. Now, that's number three. Number four, deregulate. Number five, cut taxes on the working and middle classes. Get people back into work. Number seven, cut benefits so that people are motivated back into work. You know, there's so it, the, I can make the list in about 15 yeah. minutes, but the government just isn't doing any of that. No, it's sitting back, highly regulating us, highly taxing us, and then just hoping, praying, crossing its fingers, and wishing that the economy will grow and mm. debt will automatically somehow come back under control. It's not. No. You know? It's not going to happen because we're going into more and more debt as we spend more and more money and we give more and more money away. 
You know, we've got money for Ukraine. We've got money uh, to subsidise the uh, the uh, f- facilities in the water companies. We've got money for... You know, we gave £725 million to the rail operating companies uh, back in 2021 because of yeah. furlough. I mean, £725 million to do what? To run a load of empty trains uh, run by a load of people, you know, the sort of gangsters of the trade unions pretending that they couldn't go to work because they had COVID. Yeah, extraordinary. And let's just take Ukraine for a second. We've got this intractable war down in the southeast of Ukraine. We're told daily by the government that our woes are in significant part as a result of Ukraine. The indirect cost of Ukraine, according to the government, is that the inflation took off, that energy costs went through the roof. So why is the government spending two and a half billion a year supporting that war? Why, why aren't they putting pressure on Zelensky to settle with the Russians? Why are we supporting an intractable war which we can't afford that's hitting us directly in our pockets with the, uh, w- with the contribution that we have to make to the war effort, but indirectly by holding the economy back? Why? Why also, hang on. If the war, if the war in Ukraine this? is costing so much money to the energy market, how is British gas making a billion pounds of profit in the first six months of this yeah. year? Well, sadly, a lot of that billion pounds is straight from the exchequer. Again, it's the taxpayer paying British gas, which, by the way, doesn't extract gas from the North Sea. All British gas does is buy gas from the producers of gas and then distribute it to us. It's a glorified broker. And in order to prevent them from going bust, the government gave them uh, going bust with the price caps that were put on energy for the consumers. The government came to their rescue and paid them a huge amount of cash. The government, of course, being us. Mm. It's us, the taxpayer. And so that's another inflationary burden on the British taxpayer. I mean, you could, you, you know, you can literally sit down. You gave me 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. I could list every single ill that needs to be addressed. And it should be self-evident to Rishi Sunak what he needs to do. But he won't because he's hijacked by the virtue signaling nonsense from which he takes personal self-validation on the global stage. And at the heart of that, and at the heart of it, and again, it's going to sound stupid, but at the heart of that is woke, this complete hijacking of the United Kingdom by woke. It is woke that requires businesses to d- deliver social justice and is putting burdens on us that we can't cope with. It is woke that tells us that the United Kingdom um, dabbled in the slave trade and we should now be ashamed of ourselves. It's woke that informs the Church of England that it should be putting 100 million aside to, to for reparations for that slave trade, of which no one, by the way, none of none of the people who suffered from it are alive. It's woke that does the same thing for King Charles. It's woke that uh, informs that St Paul's Cathedral that Winston Churchill was a white supremacist. It's woke that allows Hamza Youssef to get up in the Holyrood and say there are too many white people in office. It's woke that allows Sadi Khan to wrap himself up in this net zero virtue signaling blanket and tax the working and middle classes of London, £12.50 to use their cars. It's woke that effectively prevents us from championing the ethnic uh, majority of the United Kingdom. It's woke that prevents us from being a meritocratic society, promoting all these minor issues at the expense of the, uh, uh, of the majority. It's woke, woke, woke everywhere. We are being hijacked by it and it's got to stop. 
It really has. Ben, brilliant speech. Thank you so much for that. And loads of people already in agreement with you. Robert in Nottingham says, Ben Habib for Prime Minister. He speaks exactly how I feel. Uh, well said. The wokists have ruined Britain. There is no doubt about that. They've now ruined the London air pollution problem uh, because Sadiq Khan is now crowing that this landmark decision is good news as it means we can proceed with cleaning up the air in outer London on the 29th of August. So bad luck uh, if you can't wait till the 29th of August, uh, which will be uh, obviously in about a month's time. Uh, Maybe you'll die of polluted air between now and then. I don't think so. Let's talk to Howard Cox, founder of Fair Fuel UK, who's also live at the High Court. He's also running for mayor uh, of this fair city of ours. Howard, uh, a very bad day for uh, the people of London, a very bad day uh, for the workers of London. Uh, what do you make of it? Well, my, I'm sick to the pit of my stomach, Mike. I can't believe what we've just seen. Yeah. In strict parlance, as people to understand what judicial review, it was not actually a judgment on actually the... Uh, uh, decision itself to extend the ULES. It's all about the actual process of how he made that decision. Yeah. And unfortunately, in strict parliament, strict law, the judge had to rule all three of the claims from the uh, London boroughs who took the actual uh, uh, judicial, uh, opened the judicial review. They had to, he had to follow that one. I, I, I cannot believe, I, th- I thought we'd get one or two of them, especially the one on the public consultation, because mm. that was totally unlawfully put together. As you know, he manipulated it. He even took 5,000 of my supporters uh, uh, responses out and counted it as one, but counted 4,000 cyclists as, uh, as 4,000. Yeah. These are the sorts of things that this dishonest mayor, and he's, he's going to sit back and say he was right. And wow, it's a bad day for Londoners. It really is a bad day for Londoners because, of course, as I've said many times, as you have, Howard, this is not about air pollution. It's not about cleaner air. It's no. about charging people uh, to drive around uh, in a place where they live. Absolutely right. And, uh, and even Transport for London's own report said that extending this ULES all the way down to the M25 would not actually demonstrably improve the air quality, the air we breathe. Not at all. Mm. It's purely a cash grab because this man can't manage the budget, can't manage the finances of London. He's got a deep black deficit of a hole and I'm afraid the man is completely deluded. But I'm going to take it on. I'm, I'm so angry. I can't believe how angry I am, mate. I would love to actually swear like a trooper. but obviously Yeah, I, I know. I feel exactly the same way. I feel the same way most days, actually, because there's always something. Yesterday <laughs> yesterday it was British gas. Uh, the people who tell us that, you know, oh, so expensive yeah. now to get gas to Britain because of the war in Ukraine. They've managed, despite all of that, to make a billion pounds worth of profit in six months, right? Rinsing the taxpayer, rinsing their own customers. We're not only paying uh, for our own gas bills, but we're paying for everybody else's gas bills. The government's handing out our money so that these bozos can make a profit. Well, your, your point is so valid, but it's all, this rests all totally down to the government. The Transport of uh, Minister could actually say to, uh, and, and everyone agrees with this, 90% of London don't want this ULES extension. Yeah. And Mark Harper could quite easily say, right, I'm, it's actually in the constitution of the Greater London Authority that it can be overruled by the Minister of Transport, any decision that's not beneficial to Londoners. I don't think extending ULES is beneficial to London. Do you, Mike? Of course it isn't. I mean, ordinary people that I know, that I speak to, friends of mine who live in the outer echelons of, of, of the sort yeah. of M25, people that live near Alpington, people that live near Harrow. We're going to be talking to some of the, uh, the, the council bosses in those uh, uh, places later because they were all against it as well. You know, people are now going to have to pay to go to visit uh, their mother. They're going to have to pay to go to the supermarket. There's no bus service. There's no train service. You can't get from, you know, Bromley to Bexley Heath any other way than driving. It just simply can't be done. So these people uh, who work for a living, who use their cars 
to visit carers, people who, who go and care for, for the elderly, they care for the sick. They're all going to get charged extra money. It's a disgrace. Well, there's a midwife, actually, who works in St Thomas's Hospital, and she does a shift over, you know, over the midnight. And she's got to pay two charges. Mm. And she gets about 80 quid for that shift, right? But it's going to cost her 56 quid, I think I've worked it out, to get in to do the shift. So she's giving up nursing. Yeah. We've lost a nurse because of Sadiq Khan's selfish, greedy... I mean, the guy is a dishonest mayor, we know. But what he's going to do now, what this ju judgment's done today is give him the permission to crow and say we're all dying of poor air quality oh, and I'm right. That's what he's going to say. Yeah. Well, if he wants to save a few lives, why doesn't he pop down the underground uh, anytime soon and check yeah. the air quality <laughs> down there where I'm surprised people aren't actually dropping dead. Uh, it's so toxic. Well, exactly. And as you know, I did a report on that showing it's about 1,800% more particulates in the underground compared to roadside level. But watch this space. I've got another thing for a whistleblower report from actually two people who work in the underground mm. and they've given me documentation just how Sadiq Khan has ignored their complaints. So he's always crying about air quality above ground, but down in the underground, he doesn't give a damn about actually killing off his own, own staff. No. It's unbelievable. It really is extraordinary. Um, listen, Howard, good luck with it and thanks for not swearing. I know it's a very tempting thing to want to do. Uh, Keith Prince, uh, who's City Hall Conservative Transport spokesperson, says this. While there was insufficient evidence the ULES expansion is unlawful, the evidence is clear that the policy will hit the poorest hardest while having only a negligible effect on air quality. Sadiq Khan cannot ignore the overwhelming opposition of both Londoners and his own party forever. We will continue campaigning to get the ULES expansion scrapped so we can tackle air pollution where it is instead of taxing where it isn't. Well, this is once again the triumph of fantasy over reality. Because if you watch the front page of The Guardian this morning, uh, we have got world's most ridiculous headline, I think, of all time. Uh, because the United Nations chief, a man by the name of Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary General, has given up on the phrase global warming. He's given up on the phrase climate change. Instead, we've now got an era, according to him, of global boiling. Well, if you're anywhere out and about in Britain today, I don't think boiling is the word you'll be thinking of. You will not be boiling anywhere in Britain today because it's not very warm. We're being told now by the BBC and the Met Office that we have got the hottest period of human life now going on. That 2022 was the hottest period uh, for climate change in the history of the world in 120,000 years. I don't know what happened 121,000 years ago, but apparently it might have been hotter than it is now because they've only gone back 120,000 years. Why they've picked that out of the air is anybody's guess. But what I'm sick to death of, ladies and gentlemen, is this complete and utter charlatan-like behaviour by politicians who are using the climate change argument to just charge you more money to live. It's as simple as that. Pay green taxes. Put green charges on your petrol. Put green charges on your diesel. Put fuel tax on all fuel. Put taxes on aeroplanes that fly places because it has to be uh, commensurate with climate change uh, technology. Charge people to drive their cars. Charge people uh, uh, a ULES charge, not only inside London, but outside it as well. Why not expand ULES to the entire nation? Why not bring in road charging so that you charge people every time they get in their car and drive a mile? That's what's coming because we keep letting them get away with it. You've got to stop letting them get away with it. You've got to vote them out. You've got to get rid of these charlatans and you've got to stop them from riding headlong uh, into yet another abyss of absolute and utter degradation and bankruptcy. Because all they want to do is rip you off. Sadiq Khan doesn't care about the air quality of London. 
And the air quality of London, if it was that bad because of all the pollution, because of all the cars driving around, we'd all be dropping dead. But we're not, are we? Because the air pollution levels are fine, which means that the car pollution levels are also fine, which means that cars sitting in traffic all day, which is what they do in London, don't cause any pollution at all. It is a complete con job. The United Nations began it. We've now got a Tory government that's believing in it. Net zero is a load of old cobblers. It doesn't work. It won't work. It won't change a thing. Wake up. Get with the programme. This is Talk TV. Online on DAB Plus, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. A lot of love for Ben Habib coming through uh, on social media and on uh, the messaging boards as well. Uh, we'll bring you some of that coming up a little bit later on. We'll talk some more about what's going on in Europe, the weather, the fires, uh, the climate, uh, the nonsense, the scaremongery, all of that. Uh, we've got now uh, a legal challenge, a legal decision made by the High Court uh, in which basically Sadiq Khan uh, has been given the go-ahead to start the extra expansion of the ULEZ zone. Let's talk now to Simon Forthorpe from Bromley County. Council. Uh, he's live at the High Court as well. Simon, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. A bad day for London, this. A bad day for uh, the motorists. A bad day for the uh, hard-working men and women who use their vehicles in the outer echelons of the, of the capital to get around. Uh, what's your uh, immediate uh, thoughts on this? Well, well, actually, it's inspiring in many ways because, frankly, it inspires us to do more, to fight this and continue fighting it to the bitter end. I can assure you, Mike, that I'm talking to colleagues and we will be talking to colleagues across the five boroughs to see how we take this forward. Mm. This is not the end of the matter. This has to be fought to the very bitter end. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And a lot of people will be glad to hear it because the people who are going to be punished by this, as Keith Prince has pointed out uh, from the Assembly, uh, are the poorer people of this, of this part of the world, the people who need their vans, the people who need to drive their uh, elderly parents around, the people who are carers in our society, the nurses, uh, you know, the low paid basically, who haven't got the ability to get taxis everywhere and who haven't got uh, an opportunity to take public transport. Well, I don't have to say anything, Mike, because you just said it all for me. It's absolutely <laughs> true what you just said. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, that's why we've got to fight it, because it is the poorest that are affected most by this. Right. You know, people who, are, who have enough resources to buy a new car or to get a newer car or even a second-hand one are in a position to do so. But those who are poor really do not have that ability. Right. And it's a great shame that, that actually it attacks the poorest most of all. Mm. And actually, I challenge you to get an air quality monitor, maybe you already have, and come to outer London. Mm. You'll see that we have fine air quality. It's got nothing to do with air quality whatsoever. No. It's all to do with, with Mr Khan raising money because he's incompetent and can't run Greater London. Exactly That's all right. it is. So it's what can, what can you actually do, Simon? Obviously, you're going to talk to your colleagues about this, but what is it that you can do well, next? What's the next step? The, the first thing I'll do is I'll challenge Mr Khan, who's a, basically a bit cowardly, to put this off till May next year and fight an election on it. Mm. You know, what's he afraid of? Is he afraid that what happened in Uxbridge will happen again, where 93% of residents voted for uh, parties that were opposed to or sceptical about, uh, about ULES. So, and that's about the same response I get on the doorstep when I talk to people. So, you know, if he really wants to survive on this, he's got to pause it. Otherwise, it's going to kill so many people. I say not kill, that's a, a bad word, but it's really going to affect people yeah. uh, who are up against it at this moment in time. Absolutely so, right. So, you know, there's a challenge, Mr Khan. Pause it. Do, do, the, do the manly thing 
and actually can't put it to the people. I think oh, what are you afraid of? You I, know, I, I, I think that's a great, great idea. Simon, listen, I know you've got to run. Thank you very much indeed. Simon Forthorpe there from Bromley Council challenging Sadiq Khan to say, if you're so sure that this is what the people want, put it to them at an election. Make it an election promise. Make it part of your election manifesto. Give people the opportunity to either vote for it or vote it down. Because that's what we want in this nation. That's what we want in this country. We're sick to death of politicians telling us how we should be living, how we should be uh, uh, making our way through the world, what we should be paying for, what we should be taxed on. Sick of it. Let's talk to Ray, who's in Welling. Hello, Ray. Hello, Mike. How are you? Yeah, not well. Not well. I'm pretty um, peeved, shall we say. Peed off. I think quite a lot of people are. But the reason why I've rung up, Mike, is... uh, I'm a member of the Reform Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit disappointed in Howard Cox. I'm a bit disappointed in Susan Hall mm. because they had... Uh... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I, I, I dare say you've seen uh, Howard Cox's video yeah. of where he goes and walks down the underground. Yeah. Now, I, 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 if it had been up to me, I would have turned around and got an accredited company that deals with health and safety to do a report on the underground and above ground. It wouldn't have took long. And the thing is, is that that would have proved because as Howard Cox and... You know, she's as a brown car guy went down 
it just exploded. Yeah. The machine they had just went up and up and up. Mm. And, it, you know, it's a dangerous, really dangerous... Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Howard, we just spoke to him, we were just on the air with him, and, and he was talking about that, uh, the state of the underground air quality, and so, I mean, he has talked about it. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he should have used that, because uh, I'm not saying... I mean, I, I don't think, from what I've just seen, I don't think that the legal side of it, you know... Uh, would have had any difference, you know, because that it was whether or not he was legal to do that. Mm. But it would have shown it would have shown people up and down the country exactly what Sadiq Khan is like. It's yeah. not about clean air. If it was about clean air, Mike, he's got he's got workers down there, you know, on the stations, ticket offices, and what have you. The drivers. I mean, someone. I, I don't know whether it was yourself or somebody actually pointed out that one driver said at the end of his shift, when he blows his nose, yeah. it comes out black. I'm not surprised. You know, cause, because the thing is, is and, and I'll be honest with you, Mike, until these videos come out, I didn't realise how bad the air was mm. down there. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of you can kind of smell it as you go into the underground that it's not particularly clean or good. But we never used to care. I mean, I've been taking the underground since I was about 10 years old. I used to go to school on it, you know, and well, I used to love the smell of Hampstead Underground when I got on the Northern Line in the morning to go down to Holland Park where I went to school at Cardinal Vaughan. And the point is, is that, you know, you didn't go around worrying about it in those days. No, uh, and, no. and, you know, I'm still alive. I've managed to, you know, get through smoking 60 Marlboros a day uh, for 30-odd years. You know, I'm still here. You know, I think Khan is on a hiding to nothing. All he wants to do is garner more power for himself, collect more money uh, to pump into Transport for London, which is a failed organisation full of deadbeats who are on six-figure yeah. salaries. It's a disgrace. Yeah, well, the thing is, is, don't forget, Mike, he's the chairperson of this C40 Cities. Yeah. Um, you know, which basically, in their manifesto, and I've read part of it. It actually says it wants to reduce traffic in all, yeah. all the different Yeah, these countries. people, right, they're all on the public purse. They're all being paid by us to tell yeah. us what to do. I'm sick yeah. of them. Well, I'll I, I tell you what, Mike, you know, I, I'm 73 now. Uh, and to be honest with you, I look and I just think, what have we got coming? Yeah. Even when, even when the Labour Party turn around and say, Sadiq, have another thing on, mate. You know, Doesn't care. And, and one thing I am really annoyed about, Mike, is the fact that you had a guy on there once before. I think it was over potholes. He yeah. was an MP. Yeah. And he said, oh, we can't do this. We can't take this off Sadiq Khan. You know, we can't stop it. And yet you just had Howard turn around and say it can be stopped if the government want to do it. Yeah. But it comes, it comes back to what I've said on your show before. Unfortunately, this government are absolutely gutless. They are. They won't do a thing. They and are. If, if they had... If they had a bit of guts, Mike, can you imagine if they went out and took this on, they would they would get far many more votes. They'd get a lot of votes in London and other places because you had Angela Rayner on the telly the other day mm. saying this is going everywhere. Yeah. This is going to go all over England. You know, and the thing is, is that that's what I was saying. There's not a lot really to look forward to. No, yeah, there isn't. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to getting rid of these bozos and making them f finally actually find a job uh, that they have to work for a living to make money on. Uh, Ray, I've got to run. Steve's in Scunthorpe. Hi, Steve. Hi, yeah. How are you doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, saying every time a door closes, a window opens. Yeah. This is probably the worst nightmare for um, Starmer. It is. Because... I think he's the person who's who's saying, "Oh no, they didn't block, they, they didn't throw it out, did they?" 
Because what's he going to do now? Mm. Well, he's going to sit on the he... fence like he normally does, isn't he? But 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 he's, it's a vote loser, isn't it, for him? I, I think it is. I think it and is. If, and if Rayner, who's his <laughs> supposedly ally, oh, yeah. which he's not, if she comes out and says this is going to be all over, then... You know, that's that's more of a vote winner or vote yeah. loss for him. I, yeah, I mean, there are some who think that this is actually very good news for those people who don't like the Labour Party. So we'll explore that thought in the next hour. Steve, thanks very much indeed. Uh, Phil says, if Sadiq Khan can implement policy which affects people who live outside outer London, uh, then we should be able to vote in the London mayoral elections. And he lives in Dartford. It's a very good point. This guy now is messing with you and he doesn't even represent you. He's messing with your area. He's messing with your home street. He's messing with your high street. And this guy has no right to do it. I think he's on a massive loser. We've got to fight this man. Uh, we've got to beat this man. And we've got to prove that democracy is alive and well in this country. This is Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Lots to do, plenty of people to talk to. We've got loads of you uh, who want to get on as well. I think this really is great news for the Tories at the next election, says Tom. Keir and Sadiq's relationship will only get worse. Um, and Terry in Birmingham says, Mike, no surprise that lefty judge backs lefty Khan. Yet another lefty establishment kicking the nuts for the majority. Well, I think here's the thing. Um, the judge actually had a fairly limited remit on what he was actually ruling on, because at the end of the day, he had to decide whether what Sadiq Khan did was in fact lawful. And as you heard from uh, Howard Cox earlier, it was not lawful, but the judge ruled that it was, because what we do know uh, is that Sadiq Khan cooked the books on all sorts of things, including uh, the survey that was done of people uh, who said that they didn't want it, because more than 80% of people said they didn't want it. And yet here we are about to introduce it. Unbelievable stuff. Now, Sadiq Khan is a frequent contributor and visitor to Plank of the Week. Plank of the Week tonight from 7pm. A little bit unusual tonight as well because there's a slight change of uh, television order because after the Plank of the Week at 7, there's a new show uh, starring me called uh, The World According to Mike Graham. Let's have a look at what the Planks have got to do, though. So Coots produced this noxious, bizarre report yeah. into Nigel Farage. Dossier. Dossier, where he's criticised all the way through, OK? So they don't like him. Yeah. They don't like his values. It couldn't be clearer. They might as well have just said that. We don't we like just, we Nigel don't Farage. Like That's why we've shut yeah. his bank account. Because they said the banks, banks have values. This yeah. isn't true. Banks are just businesses where right. you store your money. People yeah. have values. But what she did, and she's admitted it now, is she had a chat with the BBC and they and she told the BBC that he'd been debanked because he didn't meet the wealth threshold. Mm. That's that's not true. That's what we used that's to call That's not what's really going a on. Lie. It's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got you've got this report which clearly places itself on a vantage of total moral superiority while she's behaving completely immorally. Mm. She's conspiring behind the scenes. Right. She's trying to smear him. Plank of the Week, tonight, 7pm, don't miss it. Followed by me uh, at 8 o'clock and then at 8.30, Kevin O'Sullivan's show, uh, What Just Happened. Let's talk to Andrew in Manchester. Hello, Andrew. Good morning, Mike. How morning. are you? Very well, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, obviously about you, Les. Uh, interesting article written by uh, that well-known uh, fan of motor vehicles, George Monbiot. Oh, yes. We uh, love him, uh, don't we? Yeah, we do indeed. Uh, interesting, though, this is an article he wrote six months ago in The Guardian. And it stated that he'd bought himself some wood-burning stoves and now bitterly regretted it because even though only 8% of households in the UK, and mainly, obviously, wealthy middle-class ones, Mm. have wood-burning stoves, 
it's actually been proven that they are actually causing more health threats uh, due to deep sort of uh, buried in particles into the lungs right. than the whole of the traffic uh, that is on the roads uh, <laughs> put together. Well, do you know, so, I've got a theory about this traffic pollution, right? Because London, I don't know what Manchester's like, but London is pretty much rammed with traffic all day in the centre, right? People are sitting in traffic jams, engines are on, exhaust pipes are pumping out fuel uh, and particulates or whatever it is into the environment. But according to the people who measure these things, the air temperature in London has never been better. Uh, the air uh, uh, sort of pollution figures that have been lower. So what that tells me is that maybe cars are not actually polluting the air much at all. Well, even a modern approved eco-friendly wood burner produces 750 times as many fine particulates as an HGV. Yes. So the only thing I can say is that Khan hasn't figured out a way yet to tax wood-burning stoves because if the same logic was to apply as to uh, taxing cars that are, you know, maybe a bit older or whatever, then uh, he should be doing that, shouldn't he? But obviously he isn't. Now, it is included in his plans, apparently, to try and, uh, you know, try and persuade people not to have them in new buildings and things like that. But considering the, da- the danger and the damage that they're causing... It seems to me that the only reason he's going for, for vehicles is because you can. Yeah. You can't exactly tax somebody and say, oh, that wood-burning stove, you might, I want £12.50 every time you light mm. it. Ain't going to happen, is it? No, so it's not. I think, I think the, the whole argument that this is just a, a money-raising exercise uh, is, is supported by the fact it that wood-burning stoves are far worse and, uh, and, 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 well, obviously you can't tax them. Can no, you? absolutely. Well, not. also, if there was an, uh, uh, an issue about pollution and they wanted to stop pollution, then you wouldn't start charging people money in order to let them pollute, would you? No, you wouldn't. It's like saying if you murder somebody, you, know, you can't, you shouldn't do that, but mm. if you give me 3,000 quid, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, it, again, that's not the argument, is it? But, no, I think that's, it's, it's very clear. It's, uh, it's, it's filling a black hole. And uh, and wood burning stoves, obviously, I can't imagine when he's round his dinner table with his Highgate mates. Yes, uh, oh, you've got to get ready for your burning wood burning stoves. Oh, are you sure? I'm certainly not. Oh my god, I can't imagine, I can't imagine anything worse. You've just given anyway. me the horrors there. You've been thinking of having dinner around at George Monbiot's house. Imagine what you'd be eating. You know, couple of cans. Yeah, couple of couple of cotton socks with some um, what's that Greek cheese you put inside it? You know, absolutely horrendous. Anyway, Andrew, listen, thank you very much indeed. Um, Andrew, talking perfect sense there. Of course, Sadiq Khan isn't interested in making the air better. Of course, Sadiq Khan isn't interested uh, in making your world better or your life better or saving the planet. Sadiq Khan is interested in two things, money and Sadiq Khan. Let's talk to Susan Hall, uh, who is, of course, a London mayoral candidate, hoping to uh, to kick Sadiq Khan out of office after what's happened today. I imagine she'll be getting a bit of a boost in the old voting booth. Susan, a very good morning to you. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm quite, quite wound up, actually, because I'm absolutely incandescent that this judge has allowed... Uh, Sadiq Khan to go ahead with this basic tax on ordinary working people, uh, making it possible for him to charge them to get into their own car, drive it down their own street and go and look after their mothers. I know, it's shocking, isn't it? And apparently, because I asked the TfL commissioner, they're reckoning on £200 million a year um, they will get from this. And that's off the backs of hard-working Londoners and charities and businesses, Mike. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm. It really is. I mean, I spoke earlier to somebody from Bromley Council. They said this is not the end of it. They're going to try and fight it. They're going to try and uh, take it on uh, to another level, perhaps legally, uh, but they're not giving up yet. Um, What's your understanding of, of, of where you can go from here? 
to be honest, I don't know where we can go from here. He's due to bring it in at the end of August. Uh, clearly, the lawyers will look at this and see if there's room for appeal, but goodness knows how long that will take. And I think the courts won't be sitting then anyway, so I suspect he'll just bring it in, which I thought he would do anyway. He'll be very smug about this. What he doesn't understand is it's Londoners that are against this. It's his very own... A constituency, if you like. Londoners don't want this, and he's just not listening. No, he really isn't. And it's clearly not about pollution. It's not about making the air cleaner, because if it no. was, he would be stopping cars yeah. from being driven rather than charging people for the privilege, wouldn't he? Well, that's right. His own impact assessment said it would make virtually no difference at all. I, I tell you, Mike, if I'm mayor on May the 2nd next year, I will stop this straight away. And, and I'll set up a, a fund, a £50 million fund, so that um, any councils that have got a hotspot where there's pollution can bid into that fund to fix it just in that area. Mm. But to put this blanket charge on everybody is nothing short of a disgrace. I mean, it really is extraordinary, isn't it? And, and one of the things that we have seen already is quite a lot of what you might call kind of individual resistance to some of these cameras being put up. Some of them have been vandalised, some of them have been taken down. I don't imagine that that will change, will it? No, but that's illegal, so I will certainly not condone that. I, mean, I would ask people not to do that. It is illegal. I mean, if, if I'm mayor on the May the 2nd, I will stop this, but I will leave the cameras up purely. There's about 60 million, at least £60 million worth of kit up there. Yeah. They've all got automatic number plate um, ability on them, so we would give that to the police because... The second thrust of my uh, mayoral campaign is all around policing. We've got to get our roads safer. There's no question about that. So no. I would leave the cameras up purely for that. I mean, he wants the cameras up there because, let's face it, he wants pay per mile as well. And then anybody who thinks that this extended ULES won't affect them, which, by the way, it will anyway, because it's going to affect businesses. But if they think it won't affect them, you wait till you get pay per mile in London alone. It, you know, everybody will sit up then yeah. because it will be too late. But that's the other problem is that, yeah, you say there's 60 million quids worth of cameras up there, but that's our money he's spending. You know, who the hell gave him permission to do that? Well, absolutely. And the scrappage scheme is also all our money and he can throw millions and millions more into it. That is also our money. Perhaps use those millions to look at the hotspots around London. But of course, this is just a tax grab. Let's not, let's not get this wrong. It's a tax grab. £200 million from the poorest of Londoners and from businesses and charities. Not good enough. This mayor is a disgrace, quite frankly. No, he really is. And uh, our, our man in Bromley at the council there said that if he has got, um, you know, to put his money where his mouth is, why doesn't he put a hold on this until the election next year and make it an election pledge rather than actually just bringing it in while he's still mayor this time? Make it an election pledge, let people yes. vote on it, and if they want it, let them vote for him, and if they don't want it, let them vote for you. Well, that's right. He won't do that, though, uh, Mike. We both know that. He doesn't want it... Uh, he didn't want it delayed because he didn't want it to be too near the election because he knows it's, uh, uh, you know, it's an election loser, quite frankly. But at, at the end of the day, the most important thing here is that he's not listening to Londoners. Mm. He just does what he wants all the time. Londoners have got to boot him out, quite frankly. And I hope that they put me in on May the 2nd. Yeah, so do I, because I'm sick to death of Sadiq Khan. I wrote a piece in Telegraph about it this morning. Uh, you can have a look at that. Very good to talk to you, though, Susan. Thank you very much indeed. Susan Hall, uh, London mayoral candidate, live from the High Court. Uh, she is as fed up as everybody else is with Sadiq Khan uh, and his one single-minded policy, which is basically all about charging you for doing 
something that you've been doing for years and years and years for free. What on earth is going on? Uh, according to uh, Sadiq Khan's statement, uh, he says the decision to expand the ULEZ zone was very difficult and not something I took lightly. And I continue to do everything possible to address any concerns Londoners may have. The ULEZ has already reduced toxic nitrogen dioxide air pollution by nearly half in central London and a fifth in inner London. The coming expansion will see five million more Londoners being able to breathe cleaner air. Well, frankly, that's absolute and utter tosh. Because people paying to drive in a congested area does not in any way reduce the congestion or the pollution, does it? Unless, of course, the pollution from the cars isn't really pollution at all. Because if the air has been improved inside inner London, where there's more traffic jams than New Delhi, then I don't understand why. Because either the cars are not polluting anymore because they're so clean, or the air pollution actually isn't a thing. It can't be both of those things, can it? 0344 499 1000 uh, is the big number to call. And you can talk to me. Give us your views. We will augment them. We will amplify them. We will tell the people who run this country what you think of them. This is the only place it happens. This is the only place you can do it. It's Talk TV. On the app, on your smart speaker, talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We've had a pretty lively show so far already. Uh, we've been pretty worked up about the ULEZ zone, uh, which is now going to go ahead thanks to Sadiq Khan and thanks to a judge in the High Court and a judicial review, which has ruled uh, that his idea of expanding it uh, out to places as far away as Bromley, up to places like Uxbridge, all over uh, around the AIM-25 very much outside of the uh, constituency of Sadiq Khan and the uh, controlled area that he actually is in charge of. Um, it's now uh, down to him to charge you to drive your own car down your own high street to go to your own shops and to go to your own hospitals because it's down to him to collect that money from you. £12.50 a day. A lot of people are going to have to get rid of their cars because they won't be able to afford it. A lot of people who are carers won't be able to go and do their jobs because they can't afford it. It's an absolute shambles. Uh, Bromley Council say they're not going to take it lying down. They're going to keep challenging it and they're going to try and stop it from happening. But it's basically going to come in at the end of August by the looks of things. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Uh, we've got plenty to do coming up uh, in this hour. We'll have the world of woke. We're going to tell you all about heat pumps and how useless they are. Uh, the Climate Change Brigade is still at it telling us now that it's cooled down a bit in Europe. Let's talk about how hot it was last year because we have to talk about the heat somehow, don't we? Because otherwise we wouldn't be properly treating you well. And according to The Guardian, quoting from the United Nations chief, uh, it's no longer about global warming, it's about global boiling. For heaven's sake. 0344 499 1000. Steve says, surely Mike, the best way to protest is for everyone to refuse to pay. Well, there is that. Um, and also some people saying that they don't agree with uh, Susan Hall, who said that obviously it would be wrong to vandalise the cameras because that is against the law. But the cameras should be taken down. 60 million quid Sadiq Khan has spent on these cameras without even asking us if we want them. Absolute shambles. But I'm delighted to say uh, we're able to move into a slightly different arena now because Hugh Andre is here uh, and it's time for The Veteran's Voice. The Veteran's Voice. I'm actually quite glad to take a bit of a break from my anger because I've been absolutely incandescent this morning about this Sadiq Khan rinsing of the British public again uh, for money, uh, which we really don't have to pay. It's absolutely outstandingly bad. But anyway, welcome, Hugh. Thanks, Good Mike. to see you. Thank you. Um, Veterans Voice this week, we're going to be talking to Ken Hames, retired Army Major. Um, tell us a little bit about yep. what you've been up to this oh, week. Well, I... Talking of the heat and the weather, I had a lovely Tuesday afternoon with one of your biggest fans. 
Oh, yes. So, Lynn, shout out. You know who you are. Mm. Um, and her delightful daughter. Yeah. Um, and we've been sort of working hard on the home front, mm. building our, creating our new platform yeah. for veterans. But yes. more of that in Which due Which sounds course. like it's going pretty well, actually. It's going really well, mm. yeah. We've um, uh, been very lucky to uh, have our first investor come on board. Right. Um, and so we'll continue and yeah, watch this space right. because it's going to transform. You've got some amazing plans, which obviously I won't reveal until you want me yeah. to. But um, but I've never met anybody as enthusiastic as you, actually. I mean that. Um, you know, you're always thinking about what we could be doing. You're always talking about plans that we could have. And, you know, I, I find that very inspiring. Well, yeah, I wasn't very clever at school, Mike, so <laughs> I had, had, had ideas, but it's just the right thing to do yeah. at the end of the day. And, you know, the boys and girls in currently serving in the armed forces and their families, mm. the veterans and their families are, they should be top of every list, every local council, yeah. GPs list, housing lists. Right all the above mm. you know they come first and uh, lo and behold what are we now going to do yep we're going to create uh, a a marquee town down in dover yeah on an old mod site and put ten thousand immigrants and I mean, asylum seekers until in they actually get to understand that what the british public want is for them not to keep finding places for them to stay you know, it's not about barges and hotels and marquee villages. It's about stopping them from coming. Well, it's about going to the source. And we were describing earlier yeah. you know, a, a, a company squadron strength unit from any any one of many regiments mm. could simply patrol the coastline of Normandy of Normandy yeah. uh, and roll up, save those from actually, you know, getting in trouble on the sea and just yeah. put a couple of holes in their inflatables and yeah. say, I'm terribly sorry, but... You, you won't know, be going stand down, you're not going anywhere, yeah. you know. Well, I've been suggesting that for, for months. I mean, <laughs> pretty simple. Once, <laughs> one, once the French actually did do that, they actually did stab one boat. But I, I don't know why they don't do it to all of them. Because well, you know, it must absolutely. take, I mean, those beaches are big, right? So the idea that you're going to be very quickly getting into the water is, is nonsense. So you must be able to There's see. There's certain points. You might, can, yeah, you must be able to see the people. From, and we have right. drones and we have satellite mm. you know um etc so it, it, that's very doable we look after borders whether yeah. it be you know all around the world right um to p stop people crossing i mean them. i can track my ipad around the world Indeed. surely to hell you can track a small boat being yeah. carried no, to a beach absolutely but what we forgot was that every border has two sides yes well that's very so, true um, anyhow but on, so on the news front um yeah, Michael Gove is uh, talking about our lack of housing, yeah. as always, and others are talking about the lack of people to build the houses, mm. uh, talking about the lack of uh, skilled, trained mm. manpower to build those homes, etc. And uh, that's why we've got Ken coming on today to talk about his project, which is fantastic. Yeah. Ken's been doing it for years, and he's a, he's a real force mm. of nature. Mm. Um and yeah, you know, maybe government and others could sit up, and just listen to him. Yeah, listen to what he does because he's, you know, like most people in the military, the veterans, etc. You know, we get things done. Right. You know, why do I do it? Well, it's all well, about solutions, isn't it? And one yeah. of the things I'm finding as well is a lot of people are getting in touch with with particular questions or particular queries. I've got one one thing here which I'm going to pass to you after the show uh, from Mr. Zach, 
who's ex-Royal Navy, he says, I understand uh, you're doing a veteran spot on your Friday show. Could I respectfully ask you to look into the lost pensions of all veterans that served pre-1974? This yes. has come up before. It yes. is a national scandal that MPs ignore, and he's got a name of somebody uh, who's a spokesman for his organisation, lives in Germany, um, and is uh, working for an organisation called Armed Forces Pension Equality for All Veterans. Yes. And look, that, that's great. This is what this, this programme is all about. Yeah. You know, get in touch. Um, you know, we'll put it on our to-do list. But that to-do list gets get quite long. gets longer and longer. Yeah. Um, but I am, you know, our, our big achievement so far is, you know, Johnny Mercer's mm. office have now confirmed the meeting yes. that we're going to have in September right. on behalf of the Gulf War veterans to actually try and find out mm. what was put in those injections. Right. And why it was so unhealthy for so many people. Yeah, and why is uh, everyone's medical records and information disappeared? Yeah. And why are they so ill? Mm. And why is it only the five countries, mm. five nations out of 31 who received them, who've mm. suffered these issues and problems? Right. But do you know what? I respect Johnny Mercer. Um, I hope you're enjoying your holiday, Johnny. Um, he's agreed to meet with us. So small steps, yes, and it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely right, and I mean to show willing is at least a, be a, a, be a yeah. beginning of something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they've been waiting a very long time. Um, meanwhile, uh, we're going to be talking to Ken Holmes shortly about the house building project that uh, that he's involved with. Tell us a bit about Ken before we speak to him. Um, well, Ken and I actually served together, although he's somewhat more senior and experienced uh -huh. than I. Right. Um, and he he does a number of things. He's done actually quite a bit of presenting. He's He's quite big into conservation in Africa. Yeah, runs projects uh, over there. But the uh, the house building scheme, where he takes veterans and retrains them mm. on the job whilst they are building homes, right. so called self build projects right. to live in. But I think you'll find um, from Ken, you know, the the same old problems, whether it be local council bureaucracy, you know government mm. blocking etc um you know well, let, let him discuss he's right. he's the man on the ground well let's talk to ken now mm. ken hames retired army major good afternoon to you ken hi mike thanks, hi, thanks very good much for uh, for joining for us um i won't ask you for a for a personal reference for hugh because you know i feel as though uh, i know him reasonably <laughs> well now but he seems a fairly stand-up guy um tell us a bit about your project your house building project um I see that you've spoken in the past about how we've got a lot of money in this country to help many, many people, but we don't seem to find much of it for the veterans community. Yes, well, look, looking at the first the first uh, part of this, I mean, I started over 10 years ago with a community self-build agency, which gave the opportunity for local people to, to build their own house. Mm. Um, and it was a marvellous project set up by a lady called Stella Clark in Bristol, uh, and it was about the time of the riots there that existed. And she had a great idea saying, how can I pull the community together in order that they have a sense of purpose? And they, they built a house uh, or a number of houses mm. there uh, with the Afro-Caribbean community that was there. Great success. And 160 uh, projects later, right across the whole of, uh, of UK, uh, CSBA marched on and she came to me one day and we had a discussion about veterans and I said well I think that this might be a good opportunity for veterans who get to uh, help build their own house while learning skills uh, to go into the construction industry um, and that was a genesis of a, of a, of a, of a it has been so far a, a reasonably I say reasonably successful uh, project 
Um, but we joined forces with Elaborate, which is a Salisbury-based homeless community. Any one time, Elaborate is probably looking after 1,000 homeless people, but they've got 19 homes across the south. Uh, and the homes provide respite for a period of time for those who find themselves homeless or in housing need. Uh, and I want to differentiate there because some people are still street homeless, but some people are, are in dire housing need, particularly families where they're living in unsuitable accommodation. Mm. Yes. So, but I also add there that, that, you know, as Hugh will back me up on this, you know, some 15,000 people leave the armed services every year. Uh, some of them fall into Nirvana and everything and march on into the, into the sunset. Great. But there are those who don't end up in the right place. There are those who struggle with transition further mm. in life for many, many reasons. Um, it's not that they all made bad decisions. And I get irritated when, you know, somehow people leaving the armed services well they've all got ptsd and they're you know they've all got issues and and and, and that's just simply not the case yes uh, just because someone made a bad decision doesn't mean they're a bad person doesn't mm. mean they've got potential so elaborate through the veteran self bill uh, is you know striving on to try and if you like pull industry towards us that is a key thing whatever industry it is it doesn't have to be construction and that's where Hugh has made great efforts to pull industry towards him. But he, he needs to be listened to. Um, and this meeting with the Veterans Minister is great. How do we join the dots up? There's a good question. Mm. Because there's lots of opportunities out there. But somehow, somehow between the MOD, the Office of Veteran Affairs, .gov, those dots aren't joined up. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it seems from what Hugh's told me about this, and he's similar to you, been saying that, you know, people have this attitude that veterans are all the same and, you know, they could be troubled in some way. Is there, when, when you're let go, as it were, from the armed forces, is that there's no kind of um, strategy given to you? You just kind of, that's the end and you walk out the door and, and you have to just go and find something to do? No, we have a, we have a system called the Defence Transition Partnership, which tries in its own way to prepare people to leave the armed so services and then look after them uh, two years hence. Mm. Um, but I think you know a lot of a lot of ex-service personnel um, they need to find their way. They need to have perhaps you know a, help, a help, helping hand. Uh, Organisations like uh, Defence Transition Partnership, uh, from my perspective. They're vastly undermanned, mm. uh, to be politically correct, underwomaned. <laughs> but they're vastly <laughs> under-resourced. Um, and the ones I talk to know that they've got to go out and wear out some shoe level and, uh, leather and find out where people are and what their needs are. Um, so there is there is help help avail available. But when you when you're faced when when somebody shuts the camp gate and plunk mind your fingers and you find yourself out in the big wild world it can be very disorientating mm. and you won't necessarily end up in 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 the right place so if you like Mike, data about where people are what their aspirations are um is important because we have some regional power power bases throughout uk some fantastic covenant councils who are itching itching to do more with veterans but they don't have a direct link to gov they don't have a direct link to the office of veteran affairs mm. Um, and it's joining the dots up on a, I, I suggest on a regional basis. I mean, clearly London has a lot of huge amount of opportunities for, 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 for veterans and you, you, sits there. Uh, but outside of that in, in Salisbury and Cardiff in Portsmouth, these are big garrison areas. Uh, and we should be picking people up earlier 
uh, and we should be getting them to the right mm. place. And you can train people on the job, as it were. So while they're doing work for you and your project, you're also able to kind of mentor them in other ways. Well, our, our, our model takes us into a negotiation with the local council because they're going to have to want to do this. And then we, we, we usually join forces with a housing association, a construction company, and form a steering group, which provides a training platform, a progressive training platform uh, for veterans. Now, not everybody, not everybody wants to be a scaffolder, so it takes a little bit of time before they perhaps find the trade that they'd like to be involved in. Mm. But there's something like 900 odd possible possibilities in the construction industry and in our other and in our other schemes in Plymouth for instance probably out of the eight veterans on that scheme there maybe only two are going to the construction industry the rest are going to other jobs so it's just not all all about cons con construction um, and it's you know for me it's a great twin track model because on one hand you're gaining skills but also given given time to orientate yourself to civilian work practices um it's great being back in a team yeah. uh, love that uh but orientate yourself to civilian life and all the pressures that we are all very well aware of uh, are there yeah and it's a nice thing to be able to do as well to have a project that you can start and finish i guess as well so that's so that's always interesting so ken if anybody needs to get in touch with your organization and, and doesn't know how to what can they do well they can go to the elaborate and elaborate is a very difficult word to say uh, A-L, uh, <laughs> I can't spell it, A-L-A-B-A-R-E, Elaborate website, and you'll find the Veterans Self-Build on there. But you can put in Veterans Self-Build and, and, and something w will come up. I just want to stress, if I may, be, be, before I yes. go, that Veterans Self-Build is just one aspect of uh, joining these dots up. And for a long time, things can tend to become London-centric. We've seen that many, many times. Uh, but I just want to emphasize how out in the regions, out in our provincial capitals, out in our garrison areas, there's a lot of willingness out there to, 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 to help veterans. But the data of where some people are, where they might be going, where they want to settle, is hard to come by. Um, so if you and I tomorrow went out to look for homeless veterans, no one could tell us really how many there are and where they are. We'd have to wear out some mm. shoe leather to do that. So there's more work to be done. Yeah, Johnny Mercer's trying trying his best, but I, I suspect he's a voice in an echo chamber down there in the Puzzle Palace, as we call it, um, trying to move things on. And I unashamedly say, come on, MOD, you have these people under your sway for a long time. They serve our country, mm. some of them, some of them in, in war zones. You need to do more to make sure that when they leave, they're looked after properly. Absolutely right. Ken, thanks very much indeed for talking to us. Ken Hames, their retired Army Major. Um, and Hugh, I remember when one of the first visits you made to us here at uh, Talk TV um, when we used to do this stuff about Ukraine, you ran mm. into a guy just outside the building here who was a yeah. homeless veteran, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's happened to him, but, but there are many of those people who just are on the street, aren't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, in fact, I saw a, a Twitter feed, or maybe it was a Facebook feed this morning from Badger, down at mm. Newton Craig, who literally just reported picking up another another one down there, ho homeless right. veteran who'd been in the uh, it was been in the Royal Logistics Corps, right, uh, etc. And that's why it makes me angry when I think you mentioned the figure sixty million quid for cameras in London. Yeah, yeah, and Johnny Mercer gets what six million. Yes, quid. 
for 6,000 homeless veterans. Right. What's a priority in this country? Mm. You know, it's just all wrong. It is. You know, it is what it is at the moment. You You can just fight for what you can get, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But what we need, you know, what we need really is we we need one consolidated place where all veterans Mm. and their families can go. Right. And whether it be seek opportunities, whether it be to seek support, um, we've got to, you know, we've got to, as a country, get behind them and start making these changes. Because yeah. it's just unacceptable that we've got, you know, men and women who serve their country like lying on the street. Mm. Yeah, it's not right. Next week, we're going to be meeting Gareth Williams from Job Oppo. Um, so that's... Yeah, another an, an, another force of nature who's yeah. um, taken it upon himself to support and assist veterans uh, in the employment mm. sector. Okay. Um, and he's also set up uh, a little line of products called Veterans Can, which right. I think might be <laughs> tea and or cans of yes, something to some drink. Some kind of liquid or other. That's Indeed. Good. And we'll be yeah. discussing Stolen Valour, which is an interesting... Stolen Valour, which I learnt the meaning of this week mm. of uh, Andy McNabb, which I found fascinating mm. and have done some research into what's happening in the US where it's now a criminal offence mm. to, to to dress up you know, as a serviceman or woman, right. to wear medals and to impersonate, uh, to impersonate them, etc. Yeah. Um, over here, it's uh, not dissimilar, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll check it out. Excellent stuff, Hugh Andre. Thank you very much indeed. And for all of those people who are getting in touch with me, we are working on stuff constantly. So we are. If you don't hear back from us, don't assume that we're not doing anything. We are working on an awful lot of uh, little back projects as mm. we go. Uh, Hugh, thanks very much indeed. Again, thanks, we'll Mike. see you uh, this time next week for. The Veteran's Voice. The Veteran's Voice. Coming up, uh, we're going to have the world of woke. and We're going to be telling you why they don't tell you everything about heat pumps, even though they say you should get them. This is Talk TV. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.